We're glad you're with us, and uh, we are broadcasting live today. We are hanging out at the Rice Lake Celebrity Golf Classic here at uh, Turtleback inside today for those of you watching on the Bud Light live stream but because the wind and uh, the, the, it's not going to rain. It's a little cloudy out, but it's not going not to rain, but the wind today is uh, pretty wicked. So uh, we decided to bring it back inside. We're not going to be on the deck today hanging out. But nevertheless, here today, going to be talking, coming up here in just a little bit with Chase Kaufman, the son of Paul Kaufman. And Chase drafted into uh, the NFL by Cincinnati, played for Tampa Bay and Tennessee, where he ended up meeting up with uh, Charlie Whitehurst, which is David Whitehurst's former Packer son. So they had a chance to play together uh, on uh, that team in Tennessee. And actually, uh, David Whitehurst, had had a chance to throw a pass as a Packer quarterback to Paul Kaufman, the Packer Hall of Fame tight end. So then the two sons get together in Tennessee and actually have a chance to become that uh, that father-son combination, so to speak, which is kind of cool. So good to hear from Chase Kaufman coming up a little bit. Brewers get a dominating win last night. Boy, Ben, uh, the, uh, the bats, uh, the floodgates broke open. Everybody was hitting the ball last night. Uh, now, up here... If you don't have uh, specific valleys in the area, you don't get Brewers baseball, unfortunately. I understand now the pain of people that live in Wisconsin but cannot watch Brewers baseball because unless you go to a sports bar that actually has the subscription for it, you can't get it. It's it's disappointing, man. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, wild, uh, wild weather passed through Madison last night, and I assume the rest of the state. But great Brewers win, I think. I came on the morning show this morning. I think today could be a Craig Council Appreciation Day. Uh, Because he eclipsed Phil Garner's record. He is now the top winning uh, manager in Brewers history. Yeah. Is that the reason? Even though it took two and a half weeks to win the final two games. Yeah. Yep. Well, I agree with that. It, it it got so close, and all of a sudden, it just it almost seemed like it was going to be unattainable at one point or another. We were wondering if they were ever going to win again, but uh, they did. They got the win last night. Craig Council, the all-time winningest manager in Brewers history, and uh, how after the win, how many people do you think then took to a bar stool, a dance floor, a porch out in front of their house, and did the Craig Council batting stance? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> Greg Council always had that uh, that that very distinct batting. I don't ever know how he swung a bat, to be quite honest with you. Standing like that. Uh, I never uh, – it is almost contortion-esque to be able to stand like that and swing a baseball bat. But Greg Council takes that, and that knowledge transfers that into the managerial aspect and then goes on to become the winningest manager in Brewers history. We were talking about this the other day, about whether or not there would be an opportunity for him to ever reach Hall of managerial Hall of Fame status and what it would take and how many wins. And so he's still, you know, probably about 15, 1,500 wins and, and what, you know, a couple of World Series shy of getting in as a, a, an all-time manager. But, uh, but nevertheless... Um, Craig Council gets the uh, the victory last night. And it was, you know what, it was good to see Corbin Burns pitch well, too, to get Corbin Burns back and throwing the ball really well. And that was just last night was just kind of a complete game, for lack of a better term, wasn't it? Oh, no doubt. Now a eight-game hitting streak for Christian Yelich as well. Yeah, how about I that? I think yeah. six of those games has been since he's moved to the top of the lineup, if I'm not mistaken. But Adamas had a big night. It was stress-free, which you don't really get 
you know, watching this baseball team play. And because Hader went on the paternity list. So I was thinking, right. you know, Burns deals, Brewers up one nothing going into the ninth because the offense does nothing. And then there's no Hader to save the game. But didn't need that, thankfully. Yeah, today you got Ashby and McGill. That's this evening. 6-10 is the start time between the Brewers and the Mets. Game three, the final one of this series. But last night, the Brewers pounded out 11 hits, 10 runs. Uh, the Mets did commit a couple of errors, one of them costly. Uh, but nevertheless, Corbin Burns bounced back from his uh, two shortest outings of the season. And Willie Adamas uh, continued to be hot in that contest as the Brewers put away the Mets uh, with ease. Then the rubber game. Like I said, coming up tonight, and Christian Yelich, you had mentioned, continues to hit the baseball. Another knock last night, a run scored, did have a strikeout, but also got on base with a walk, and his on-base percentage now th- sitting at three twenty-seven. His batting average has gone from two eighteen to two forty-two, and he just, he just, it's not like a mass quantity of power, and it's not like he's pounding the ball all over the park, and but he's just figuring out ways to get on base. It's like, it's almost like he's just completely wiped away the approach and the pressure of batting in the three hole to just concentrating on what's coming at you and how to get on base. And maybe this, you know, I know when the move was originally made, now this is where you go back to the Craig Council Appreciation Day, where Craig Council, we were all thinking, go to seventh, go to eighth, moving down on the lineup, take the pressure off. Instead, Council said no. We're going to put you at the top of the lineup and just let you just be the first guy. Just do your thing. And it is paid off in, in spades for uh, Christian Yelich. And in doing so, it's almost like he's just got a different relaxed outlook. I, and, and, again, I couldn't sit here and watch it last night. I was listening to it a little bit as the storms were all rolling through. Boy, did you guys get pounded down there? Oh, big time. Craziness. I, uh, I, I saw what I can only describe as like a red gourd moving through the state of Wisconsin. And as it approached, it went from going west to east. It started then going from west to east to uh, southwest to northeast as it crossed the state. And I watched on the cameras on my house. I, I tuned into my cameras as it got close and as it got dark because I would turn my cameras on and I would start to look around the house And it was like watching it at night. It was like the night vision side of the cameras kicked in, and you could see it. And uh, the only thing I can say is thanks to my neighbors, uh, because when I left my house, the one thing I forgot to do, if you you got an outdoor area, a, a patio of any type, Ben, do you know what you need to do every time you leave the house for any length of time? Bring in whatever cushions are on the furniture? You're close. You need to put down your, your patio umbrella. Hmm. And I didn't do that. And it literally lifted the wind, lifted up. And I got a heavy iron grate table. The wind on the video lifted the the uh, the uh, umbrella up, which in turn lifted the base, which in turn got caught under the table. So it lifted the table and moved the table about three feet. It's just really heavy. It couldn't go. And then finally, the the umbrella just gave way, and it just snapped, and off it went. It took off. And I guess my neighbor... Uh, had texted me this morning and said, hey, I got your umbrella back, and it's laying on your back patio. Uh, I guess they found it in the yard, which is probably about 100 yards away uh, up the street. But, yeah, the umbrella in my, my patio set snapped off last night. But I watched that. So did uh, was there um, tornadoes or anything in the Madison area last night? 
So I was at home for all of this, uh, working on some stuff, watching the hockey game, actually. Wildly entertaining yeah. hockey game last night. And I could just see out the window. It went from kind of cloudy to windy to just complete pitch black and like walls of rain hitting the side of my building. And it actually stopped after like 30, 45 minutes. And then it was still light out. Then it went back to the crazy rain. I don't know about the, the tornadoes, but from what I could see, it was just ridiculous wind and like sheets and sheets of rain. Speaking of the hockey game last night, that was on up here. When you talk about wildly entertaining, the Avalanche, who I had picked to win it all, get the uh, get the 4-3 win in overtime last night. You talk about a good game. Good game last night. Burkowski nets the goal, wins game one for the Avs. That was in overtime. And hopefully I'm pronouncing his name correctly but because uh, I'm not the, the most astute when it comes to the names of the skis, so to speak. But, yeah, big win last night for the Avalanche over the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you had mentioned it the other day. Now, don't forget, the Avalanche, for those that watched the game last night, and maybe those who didn't, the Avalanche were up 3-1 to one after one. And you thought, boy, this is going to be a runaway. And after that, the Lightning just kind of buckled down. They played it a, a couple of goals in uh, in the second period, and everybody just it was it was back and forth, a lot of shots on goal, but great defense last night in the third period. They ended up tied. They go to overtime, and the Avalanche get the goal and get the win four to three. They take a, a one game to nothing lead now in the series, and these two teams are back at it again. Come Saturday. And, again, that game is going to be in Colorado. But, yeah, that game was on last night. I had a chance to watch a little bit of that uh, as I was listening to the Brewers and as I was you know, kind of watching some of the storms that had already rolled through here, then go to the uh, southeastern portion of the state. And, man, um, it was it was, it was was pretty brutal. I guess there were some tornadoes uh, last night down. I, I'm not sure if it was in the Milwaukee area or I, I didn't get the specific location. I saw some of the national coverage today and they showed an area of like pine forest where it looked like somebody had just taken their hand and just pushed all these trees over and the trees off to either side of the handprint were fine, but the trees in the middle were all laying flat as if they just knocked them over like dominoes. They just all fell down. It was just, it was a, it was a really, um, it's the epitome of what a tornado is and does, the scene that uh, I saw this morning on one of the national news networks. So hope uh, nobody uh, apparently died, which is great. And uh, if there were injuries, I didn't really hear about them. So if if it did damage, and it did, but at least it didn't do a lot of damage to a lot of mass property. It just, you know, some, some wooded areas, a few sheds, some barns and things like that. And I'm glad everybody's okay. But, uh, yeah, it was crazy weather rolling through last night today though we are uh, here in rice lake we're here at turtleback golf course and the celebrities as they are we're going to be talking with lynn dickey coming up here in a little bit and uh, as they make the turn and uh, then we're going to be talking with david whitehurst coming up a little bit later on as you're looking live right now out to the gathering spot which is just below the deck and under the tent is where the uh, the breakfast sandwiches and such were sent and a lot of the golfers are getting ready to jump into their golf carts and then get on the way but they're going to be introducing all the celebs coming up here shortly. And then they're going to get on the golf course and begin the 2022 version of the Rice Lake Celebrity Golf Tournament. Uh, I will say this, and I've had quite a few people ask me for it, so i got to be honest with you. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy did not make it. He uh, played in the BMW uh, Pro-Am, and then he had a fundraiser back in Nebraska for the Cornhuskers. And then he had another charity event. 
And he called and said as much as he wanted to be here, the travel's gotten to him. Uh, he was supposed to be flying in late last night, didn't get a chance to make it. So he apologizes. Uh, but he did get a hold of Tom Kozer. It said, send me pictures. So they're sending him pictures, and uh, hopefully uh, he gets a chance to join us again here next year. But he did say he wanted to uh, – he did say he wanted to uh, wanted to be here. So, uh, unfortunately, he's not. But for those that were in anticipation of Larry joining us on the program today, he wanted to be here, but he's not. And uh, I'm sorry about that because it's always, it's always great radio whenever you get a chance to, uh, to, to sit down and talk with Larry a little bit. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's do this. We are broadcasting live here at Turtleback. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And uh, got a lot more coming up. Like I said, we're going to talk uh, coming up here in just a little bit. Chase Kaufman, the son of Paul Kaufman, Packer tight end, Hall of Famer. You're going to hear from him coming up here in just a little bit. Stay tuned. Got more of the Bill Michaels Show, broadcasting live in Rice Lake, Wisconsin. We'll be back right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I don't ever think I thought about it a lot, but I was like, well, there's not many baseball players from Wisconsin, and, uh, you know, this might be a good place to kind of set up shop. Um, <laughs> they, they might want me to work for the team after I'm done. Um, fortunately, it worked out. Welcome back to the program. We are glad you're with us. Those are the words. Great counsel. Glad to have you, and uh, it has worked out. He has been a terrific manager for the Brewers. Has he made mistakes? Absolutely. Absolutely. He'd probably be the first to tell you that. But overall, there's been a, a lot of success. He is now the winningest manager, the winningest manager in a Milwaukee Brewers history and has a tremendous winning percentage on top of it. And um, I... If if you're going to have to give us a synopsis of what you think of Craig Council as a manager, what would what would that be? What would that be? If you are going to say Craig is is this as a manager is as, as you know as as I feel manager you know managerial moves, managerial prospects, managerial success is in the organization that I follow, that I enjoy, that I love, that being the Milwaukee Brewers. Give me your thoughts on Craig Council as a manager. Or may, if you want to go with the entire legacy that is Craig Council, go all the way back. I mean, his dad worked for the Brewers. Craig grew up around it, played at Whitefish Bay, goes off, wins two World Series, one with the Marlins, one with the, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, comes back to Milwaukee, plays well, gets involved and in, in, envelops himself in the system and in the team. Doug Melvin gives him some tutelage, begins to work with David Stearns and company and takes over as the manager. David Stearns looks at him and says, look, I'm not going to make a change. I, this this guy's got it. We've, we've, we're on the same page. So, and then goes on. And uh, becomes the winningest, man, winningest manager in Milwaukee Brewers history, has taken them in four consecutive seasons to the postseason, something that had not been done. And uh, they are, again are, for the most part, poised to uh, you know battle for, if not win, the division. Your thoughts? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Craig Council last night asked if he ever envisioned 
being where he is, he grows up in Wisconsin. Like I said, he goes through the entire scenario wanting someday to be a part of the Milwaukee Brewers. Playing at County Stadium and or Miller Park gets that dream to come true. Here's what Craig Council had to say. You know, it's it's funny. Like, at some point, you know, I, I had this. I don't ever think I thought about it a lot, but I was like, well, there's not many baseball players from Wisconsin, and, uh, you know, this might be a good place to kind of set up shop. Um, <laughs> they, they might want me to work for the team after I'm done. Um, fortunately, it worked out. It, it has. <laughs> it has. Then he talks about all the people that have been uh, along life's path to get him to where he is today. Yeah, well, I, you do, because I think uh, there, there's so many people that have an impact on you and so many people in the organization. I mean, there's, you know, there's a there's a guy named Carl Muller who, who I, I, after I got finished playing, I would sit in his office every day and he taught me about, you know, looking at the numbers of baseball and understanding them and understanding how this organization uh, someday may work. Doug Melvin just just exposed me to so much and taught me so much about the game um, outside of playing, which I desperately needed and I think was an incredible foundation for for what I was able to kind of bring to the manager's seat. So, and then David's uh, just been a great partner in this in this run here and. Um, you know, I think we've learned from each other and uh, helped each other a lot. Then Craig uh, goes out, gets the win last night. They do it in emphatic fashion. And that W gives him the all-time win lead as the uh, best manager, at least the most winningest manager in Milwaukee Brewers history. And he talks about that. It's humbling for sure. What I told the players is I feel a lot of gratitude for everything that they've contributed to it. They do the heavy lifting, you know, and it's been fun to watch a great kind of bear of Brewer baseball players go out there and do great things and provide a great, uh, you know, product for our fans. It's it's not that easy, and, and they're doing the heavy lifting every day, and, you know, I'm blessed to be a part of it. So what has allowed him – Here, I got another question for you beyond this, but what has allowed him to be this successful – since he's taken over, and uh, council answers that question. Yeah, it's the people, the people in the organization of, of kind of what we've put together. The goal of like sustaining a good baseball team in our market is is some people think you can't do it, and and the fact that we've been able to do it, I think, is a tribute to a lot of people, the, the players first, and then a lot of people around them that have uh, helped the players, you know, be in a position to succeed. And then, obviously, he had never managed before. But like a lot of guys that don't have all the talent in the world, but they got the heart, they got the knowledge, they got the, the wherewithal to pay attention to their surroundings, to understand the circumstances, and to figure the game out to do the little things better, to do the nuances better, that's kind of the way he played, and that's kind of the way he had to manage. Because, as he says, look, you know, managing – it, 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 well, it, you can say maybe it came a little natural, but it's something he had to do on the fly. You know, I think you come into this job, and, and, and I came in incredibly inexper- inexperienced, um, and uh, there's there's some good there's some good things about being inexperienced uh, because you just you go for it a little bit. But then I, I think the experience of it also you know makes you better because you make mistakes. Um, that that's how you get better at this. Uh, there's there's mistakes made. There's situations you handle better, and, and you hope you just continue to get better at that because the game throws and people throw things at you you know regularly. There you go, Craig Council talking. Uh 
about his experience becoming the manager and uh, kind of learning it on the fly. So having Craig Council as the manager, now, now here's a loaded question, because you can say, what a tremendous job. In a short period of time, he's become the winningest manager in, in, in Brewers history, right? I think we'll, that, that's statistically true. On the other hand, and I'm not negating this, but as it was posed to me, okay, as it was posed to me, and Jerry just shot me the question, he, he, he said, is this a great accomplishment by Craig Council? He says, dot, 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 yes, of course it is. Congratulations, Craig. Then he has, on the other hand, did Craig Council get there quickly? Because this is also, for longevity-wise, and he, as he puts it, this is the constant ineptitude of this franchise for so many years. It, that allowed Craig Council to get there. So, Ben, is it a great accomplishment by Craig Council? I would agree it is. But also, what does that say about the Brewers organization that Craig Council, it's such a young manager, and in, in, in so few years then becomes all of a sudden the winningest manager in Brewers history? I think there's something to that. I mean, especially you look when they were first stringing together the multiple playoff trips, that was the first time that, you know, that consistent winning had happened since when? Since, I, right. since a while, right? So, yeah. yeah since I, forever. I, yeah. I think there's something there, definitely. I do look at it, though, because we also had people bring up this morning, is it council being great or is it also this roster has been pretty good? I argue that while he's been blessed with tremendous pitching and one of the best closers of the generation, I mean, the talent at the positions has not been as good as we would like it to be over the last couple years. I would argue his job of getting them to all succeed is you know what he's excelled at the most and what he should be commended for. So I I tend to in this grand scheme look at him as you know one of the best managers in baseball and the reason for the team being this good as opposed to the roster maybe helping him to the milestone. So Jerry, to answer your question in your email, on one hand you're one hundred percent correct. I, I I get it because it is a uh, it, it's a it's a moment that you celebrate for Craig Council unbelievably wonderful career in baseball and now as a manager. I get it. On the other hand, you can say up until this point, it has been a lot of inadequacies. It has been a lot of wrong moves. It has been a lot of let's go for it, let's try, we get there, then you got to blow it up. It's also the epitome of what a small market is. But then you look at what's been done in recent history and you go, whoa, wait a minute. It's also good to see that the team, the franchise, the ownership, management, all of that has also taken a turn to say, look, the past is the past. We can't keep living off of 1982. Can't keep raking out these these old-ass uniforms and these old-ass logos and trying to redo it, and we're going to re- try to recapture something. No, we got to make our own path, our own history, got to do our own thing. And they've done that. Now they need to move forward, obviously, and get to a World Series and or win one. Hopefully they do that in our lifetime. But I, I give Mark Antanasio credit. He embraces the past, but... This team at least is moving forward, and seemingly, I would say, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, seemingly in the right hands. They've got the right people in place to do the job, to continue to have success in what is a money game and a crapshoot. And and they've had consistent success at it. So I'm not blowing a lot of sunshine up your ass, I'll tell you that, 
because it is what it is. This franchise has never won a World Series. This franchise has only been to one. This franchise has tripped on itself more often than not. They've made bad moves. They've thrown bad money down bad holes. I get all of that. But at least right now, we sit here today on June 16th of 2022 with legitimate optimism. There's injuries. There's things that have to go right. I've always said you got to be good. You got to be lucky. You got to be hot. You got to be healthy. Right now, you're waiting for this team to get healthy. They're good. They're a good baseball team. They got to get hot at the right time, but they got to be healthy. And then they got to get a little bit of luck. And the luck was when they were really, really losing a lot of baseball games, the Cardinals weren't on a win streak of, say, 12 to 15 games either. So you get a little, little bit lucky in that realm. So right now, you just got to stay the course. You do what you can. And uh, the Brewers, as an organization, I think, or at least on the I think that there obviously is always going to be something more you can do to try to guarantee and or ensure more success. But I think for what they've done, they've done a pretty good job at it. That's just my take. Uh, 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery, a great winery up in Peshtigo, Wisconsin. And I know there was some tornadoes last night in the Shano area. I'm being told there were tornadoes in the Wausau area. So hopefully everybody in our listening audience up there uh, in the Wausau area and on our ESPN station, uh, if you can hear my voice, hope you're okay. Uh, we don't want to lose anybody. We want to make sure everybody's happy and healthy and good and property damage to a minimum because you can replace some of that stuff, but you can't replace you. So uh, hopefully you're all well. Same with our friends in Shano as well. But, uh, you know, kind of, you know, do the cleanup today and then everybody gets back to it. And hopefully we don't have to deal with something like this for a long, long time to come. But our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery, look, uh, once it's done, Everybody's safe. You get everything back together. You want to rest and relax a little bit. You do a little toast. You say, hey, to our health, to our safety, do it with Forgotten Fire Winery. ForgottenFireWinery.com. They're in Peshtigo, Wisconsin. You can stop up to the winery tour and go see uh, the winemaker, Jake, or you can just find it in your local grocery stores, your local liquor stores, your local wine stores. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. That is ForgottenFireWinery.com. When we come back, he is the son of Paul Kaufman. Paul Kaufman, 12-year NFL career, and obviously a Green Bay Packer Hall of Famer, one of the best tight ends to ever catch passes at Lambeau Field. His son, Chase, who also found his way into the NFL. You're going to hear that conversation. It's coming up next on The Bill Michael Show. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If you are watching on the Bud Light live stream, you um, you can see the uh, the golfers that are gathered as up above on the deck. All the celebrities are being introduced to the crowd down below, and then they're all going to head to the golf carts and head to Holes Unknown, where they'll begin this year's version of the Celebrity uh, Charity Golf Classic. So good stuff there. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. I got to tell you, a... Uh, a big thanks to everybody, security-wise and such, last night out of the Budweiser Pavilion. Uh, good crowd last night, and then the rains and the storms came, and everybody had to shelter there in place as it, it got pretty wicked, from what I understand. So always kudos to the staff and management of the Budweiser Pavilion, which is a tremendous place, and it, it is a massive roof and a massive area to gather, even if uh, the storms do come. They still had a great time. Toys rocked the house last night. 
But uh, it's just one of those things. You keep an eye to the sky, and then everybody gathered and got in and safe and no harm done. And uh, what a what a great night. And after everything passed by, they just kind of rocked the rest of the night away and enjoyed it. So compliments to our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Compliments to everybody at the staff and management at the Budweiser Pavilion as well as they had a, a fantastic time after the storms did finally clear. So uh, I had mentioned Chase Kaufman, uh, son of Paul, Paul Kaufman, a longtime uh, NFL and Green Bay Packer tight end. And uh, his son Chase made his way into the NFL via Cincinnati when he was drafted. And uh, it's got a unique story. It's pretty cool. But uh, we started out last night uh, after listening to a lot of the stories at the uh, celebrity dinner last night. And Paul Kaufman's just always such a hoot and uh, so much fun to talk to and always has these these incredible stories. These imbe- And then he always puts his uh, arm in the air and says, hand to God, true story, which is hilarious. But Paul has these incredible stories. I'm walking out last night, and uh, and Chase Kaufman's dad, Paul, Paul comes up to me, and we're sitting there talking, and he is he's he's had a few, and he's telling these stories, and he's telling these things about wrestlers and the blue streak and, and him and Lynn Dickey. And it was just, it was hilarious. And so I started out talking with Chase Kaufman uh, just a little while ago about uh, the stories that his dad has and was this commonplace in the home. Take a listen. Going to baseball practice, going to, you know, anything that we did when we were young. He'd, yeah. He'd either have those stories on the radio or be telling them himself, <laughs> trying to teach us. Um, he, somebody was asking him, where, where, where in the world did you get all these stories? Said well, when I when I went up, you know, Chase Kansas all the way up to Green Bay, Wisconsin, right. driving up and back and up and back. That's what I'd listen to, um, and just got really good at them. And and my younger brother Carson, he said that's that's all you learned on the, those drives up there. Right. You, did, you didn't decide to listen to anything else. Just learn <laughs> these stories. <laughs> but but he is he's an entertainer for sure. They're they're. Pretty pretty good stories. Following uh, kind of in the in the footsteps, so to speak, did, was football always something? Did he ever press that on you, or was it something that you just followed? Uh, I, I think it's just something that we all, as, as you know, Kaufman kids, followed is just yeah. naturally taking to sports, and you know, everybody's given their God given gifts, and sports was just something that that we were good at. That my right. parents, my my dad in particularly, knew. And, you know, we wanted to play. My dad wouldn't let us until sixth grade. That's when he was allowed to play. And um, we played all the other sports as well. So um, it was just, just kind of a natural thing. And, and it was it was always fun. And nobody really ever told us no or, you know, cut from teams right. until, you know, I think you you always eventually get pushed out of sports. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's that, that harsh reality. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's in either you work harder to get back or you say, okay. I got to move on and do something else in my life. What do you remember uh, growing up in Green Bay? Um, so I, my dad's career was done in '87. I think was his yeah. last year. I was born in '86, so I How only much? I only remember you know him pulling out old highlight tapes and right. you know watching him you know stiff arm or hurdle or right. you know get tackled in the mud and catch him, <laughs> you know all that yeah. stuff and hearing about you know Lynn Dickey and John Jefferson and uh, Gary Ellis and Lofton and and all those guys that you know it's it's really neat for me to kind of come back and start putting different pieces together and hearing yeah. stories that maybe my dad wouldn't have told me when I was little. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because when dad does it for a living, it's just dad's job. 
Yeah. You know, it's it's you, do, do you because there is no real starstruck, so to speak, because you know these guys and you've met these guys and had it. But yeah. when you look back at the, the accomplishments and then you know what you went through to get you to your stage, yeah. And then you look at the guys that he played with and Lynn Dickey. I've always said he's an he was an underrated quarterback for what he sustained and all the. The, the hits and injuries that he took, and obviously Lofton and company, and what yep. they were able to do, and then Dad going into the Hall of Packers Hall of Fame. I mean, it's you ever just sit back and go, "Wow," you know, it, it was actually pretty impressive. The older the older I get, the more impressive it becomes because I know how you know how hard it is to get there, right? Like I I I went through it myself, um, was able to play a handful of years in the NFL, and um, you know, there's there's a lot of right time, right place. Right. But you also got to be tough. You got to put in the work, and and you got to have the people around you that are gonna be accountable as well. Right. To to kind of make all those pieces. I mean, it's a, an ultimate team game. So when you went into the NFL, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you because Dave was telling me last <laughs> night. He he said he told me when he got the call coming out of Kansas State. He said his signing bonus, he was demanding 2500 and the Packers said, we'll give yeah. you 1500 that's it. He said, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> so when yeah. he relays that to you as opposed to what you came into the league for, yeah. and you say this is the amount of money that I was making at that time, it, 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 is it amazing the physicality of the sport back then and how little they were being paid and taken care of? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a very new business as opposed to like what's been around in the united states and you know right the the longevity of the united states which isn't that long in you know world history anyways and so like back then it was really just a startup business right yeah. guys were putting in the work without really getting paid right and it's led to you know some amazing benefits for guys like myself and and Charlie Whitehurst, who's here today, and, and yeah you know the guys that are still playing right now which, now it's cool because correct me if i'm wrong but Charlie which obviously David Whitehurst's son yes. got to throw a pass to you yeah. at one point in your career. So it's yeah. kind of like the the father son duo going back to the, the we, you know you know what I mean. We, was, we we claim the only father son catch and pass in, in yeah. NFL history. Cool I don't know that? that anybody else has done it, but yeah, we got to play together in Tennessee and yeah, really neat because we we kind of knew each other growing up or of each other growing up just because of my dad and David, and then. Uh, you know, getting that opportunity, like, that's that's priceless. And, right. and for our parents to come back and be able to come now, to games together. Did you together, realize it in the moment, though? When, like, when you caught the pass, did you come back to the huddle and you go, do you realize what just happened? Yeah. Or was it just next we're, play? We're, we were both pretty pretty fired up. Really? Uh, but, but, it, but at the same time, yeah, next play. Fired up, like, after the fact, right. you know, once we got on the sideline. Man, that's pretty cool. Now, was both, yeah. was both dads <laughs> there? Um, was David and Paul there? I believe that they were. Okay. At, at the time, it was that kind had of to a, be a high five in the stands. It's kind point. of a stressful, stressful time in Tennessee Titan history. Right. We, we weren't too great at that moment. We had, you know, not not a yeah. It, it was it was really neat for us. <laughs> <laughs> so when when the career comes to an end, you your dad's been through it. Did it make it easier for you to go? Okay, it, I understand how it is to walk away. Um. I mean, my, my wife and I had two little kids at the time, you know, yeah. that, that I was getting cut more often and the writing started to become more apparent on the wall. And, um, you know, eight years in was eight, eight years is, is what I was able to, to play. And which is actually know, a lot my, in the NFL. My body was feeling it. Um, and, and, you know, with a young family, it's expensive to move around. It's tough to move around. My wife and I just said, look, if this is something that is a job now. 
Yeah. It's not like I'm going to keep grinding this out because I love it so much. It just provides so much opportunity for our family, and there's only a limited window that you can do it. Right. And and I'm going to do it for as long as I can. But if it ends, I, I know there's so much more out there. I've been cut plenty of times, so... I know there's life after being <laughs> being fired. <laughs> so uh, take it to today. How's the golf game? Um, it's it's scramble worthy. <laughs> I'm a great I'm a great scramble so, golfer. Yeah. So you can drop a putt every now and then. Every now drop, and then you can give a drive. Drop a putt, yeah. hit a drive, okay. chip. All, throw all, throw all a the, dart at a green. You're all good the go. above. Just yeah. not consistent enough to do it myself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, there might be a different career. Well, we're glad you stopped by, and it's pretty cool that uh, you get a chance to come up with your dad. Yeah. No, a really neat opportunity for me, and and also just to spend some time with him leading up to Father's Day. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thanks, thanks. for having me. There you go. That is Chase Kaufman. A little bit earlier today, had a chance to catch up with him, sit down, and talk about some of the uh, some of the stories in the Kaufman household, his career, obviously, and it's pretty cool that uh, Charlie Whitehurst uh, threw a pa- the son of David Whitehurst threw a pass to Chase Kaufman, the son of Paul Kaufman, and uh, those two guys in the NFL hooked up. In the meantime, uh, earlier uh, years earlier, David Whitehurst had thrown some passes to Paul Kaufman. So. Yeah, it's a pretty neat moment, pretty pretty neat history there that those two guys found their way to Tennessee at the right place at the right time and were able to uh, were able to you know play together for a short period. So pretty cool stuff. The 2022 Rice Lake Celebrity Charity Golf Classic uh, just about to, to get underway here at the top of the hour, and uh, it is uh, it's a good day today. Uh, the clouds have kind of moved in. There's a lot of breaks in the clouds where some blue skies show through. But the clouds have moved in a little bit, and like I said, the uh, players are being introduced, celebrities are being introduced at this point. You see the uh, crowd out front uh, that is gathered, uh, giving them a nice round of applause. So let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break and uh, going to go ahead and uh, get into a, a couple other things when we come back. Uh, Wayne Larrabee, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, is going to join us coming up after the top of the hour. Wayne, not here in Rice Lake this year, but we will talk to him also a little bit later on today. Mike Clemens going to be joining us as well. We'll get a chance to chat with Mike and uh, kind of pick his brain. And uh, obviously, he may even have some stories from years gone by with a lot of these different, uh, you know, older Packers. I will say this. Last night, uh, we had a, quite a few of the Green Bay Packers that uh, showed off some singing skills. I'll tell you who was the uh, the best singer of the bunch last night because there were, there was some cool stuff, man. That was on display uh, last evening for us to take a listen to. Hopefully, we get a few of them come by the table, maybe a little bit of a sing-along a little bit later on this afternoon. But uh, once they start to make the turn here in 18, going from 9 to, eight to, uh, nine to 1 and 18 to 10, that uh, we get a chance for a few of these guys to stop by. Stay tuned. We are broadcasting live. We're at Turtleback. We are in Rice Lake, Wisconsin. It's the 2022 Rice Lake Celebrity Charity Golf Classic getting ready to get underway. We'll be back coming up more right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Continue on the Bill Michael Show. Glad to have you. Some uh, really cool stuff last night when we were uh, Tom Kozer, who owns the radio uh, group up here in in Rice Lake, always puts together an incredible um, event. And kind of, and I tell this story every year. But how this event came about was there was five or six or seven or eight different 
charitable events that took place here in the Rice Lake area, the Barron County area, and they all made minimal money. And it took Tom and some of the other people here to say, let's let's do one big event, one big event. And then um, what we'll do is just kind of divide up the money. And so that's what they did. And this event has, has grown. And this, uh, I think this year they're going to go over $800,000 raised, uh, which is huge considering a lot of these charities used to get two and 3000 bucks, And now it's over $800,000 uh, that has been divided up between some of these charities for the boys and girls charities here in uh, the Rice Lake area. But he always, uh, Tom always puts this big spread together at his home. It's kind of a reception. And it's sponsored by uh, some of our good friends, obviously uh, Link Ford and RV Center, who do such an, a fantastic job. And they uh, they help out. And then there's um, a couple of different sub-sponsors, so to speak. And then our friends at uh, Todd's Ready Mix brings you the broadcast of this. But um, last night you had Phillips Ep- Philip Epps and Marv Fleming and Tiger Tiger Green brought the house down. He sang Tennessee Whiskey last night. Oh, my God. Those guys were just fantastic. And Gary Ellis, uh, he ended up uh, singing uh, Louis Armstrong's version of It's a, a Wonderful World. And he was fantastic. And then, obviously, they're telling stories. And you had, uh, you know, some of the, uh, you know, the former uh, Vikings, Paul Krause, was fantastic last night. And he uh, it was a lot of fun listening to him chit-chat a little bit. And there was uh, Al Newman, uh, the Twins infielder from 87 to 91. He won the World Series. Uh, back then, and, and it was just a lot of great stories. Ken Sanders, the Bulldog, uh, the former Brewers pitcher, he uh, he told a few stories as well from years gone by and some stories about him and Uke and a few of the other guys. So it was just really, it's a cool night and had a lot of fun doing it last evening. And uh, then obviously the guys get together t- again here today and they get on the golf course coming up shortly and get out and play a little bit. But uh, just a, a very cool event. Coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to talk with the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larrabee is going to join us. We'll ask him his thoughts after the Packers have kind of wrapped up the uh, the mandatory minicamp, the OTAs and such. Now they've got some time off before they all reconvene for training camp and then get ready for the 2022-23 season. So we'll talk to Wayne coming up here in just a little bit. Got a couple of emails that I wanted to get to. Um, This one is from our buddy Steve who says, Good day. Congrats to Skipper Council. In my mind, the best manager in Brewers history, not only his handling of the pitching staff, but navigating through all the injuries has been outstanding. He's also a master of the analytics, which often puts them in a great position. On another note, I was reading about Devondre Campbell mentoring Quay Walker. Campbell said that there's not much to teach because he's already a baller. Uh, I like the picks uh, that Goody had this year and in years past, except the pick of Jordan Love. Uh, he might not work out as the pigs may fly. Uh, he said, I can't wait to see the defense uh, in action this fall. Have fun at the outing today. That's our buddy Stephen Richfield. Uh, going back to the uh, Brewers discussion when we were talking about um, Craig Council, it, you know, uh, and, and again, I, I did not pose the question. It was an email. Or it was Jerry that emailed and posed the question regarding is Craig the best manager or is it just the fact that the Brewers have had such an, uh, an inept franchise that it, it took Craig Council uh, a short period of time to become the win- winningest manager in Brewers history? I, I think you can say maybe both, right? Uh, it's not that it's inept. It's that they've had, you know, a lot of years of non-success. Uh, obviously, there's been quite a few managers that have rolled through here. Some have been successful early. Some have been successful late. Some have racked up more losses than wins. 
obviously, Phil Garner had the hearts of many Brewers fans for many years, and he had uh, numerous opportunities to get this team to the postseason and get wins and such. Uh, but Craig Council's done uh, with this new regime, done some tremendous things. And once the analytics began in earnest, um, he's been able to manipulate it and, and almost master it. And they've been able, with David Stern's help, obviously, and the beginning was started with, uh, with, with um, you know, uh, Doug Melvin. But he, they've been able to navigate through the, the myriad of analytics and understand pitching and understand, uh, you know, health and understand pitch counts and, you know, times through the rotation and, and get into the, 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 the statistics of it all, the percentages of it all, and they've been able to manipulate the percent percentages for them to be successful. And, and so some will say, well, the analytics will tell you what to do. Others will say, well, you took the analytics and you utilized them to the best of your ability, something that had not really been done up until that period of time. It was kind of a gut feeling by a manager as to whether or not you'd have success. So, you know, you, you can look at Craig Council and either say, one, he was a benefactor of analytics, or two, he took the analytics to a different level, manipulated them, and he became the winningest manager in Brewers history. It just depends on what you want to believe. But I believe he's a, a tremendous manager. And I think part of managing, specifically in the National League up until this year, specifically in the National League, has been the fact that he's been able to do it with the manipulation of a pitching staff. You know, when you when you start talking about, again, times through a rotation, lefty-righty matchups, certain matchups and certain percentages that guys excel in, I think he's been tremendous. I would not take anything away from Like I said, no manager's perfect. You can always nitpick and, and look at certain circumstances, but for the most part, he's been a tremendous manager. Not going to take that away from him. Hell no. That's, he, he's been solid, man. Kudos to Craig Council. Today is, uh, if you want to look at it as Craig Council Appreciation Day, today's that day. We are broadcasting live. We're at uh, Turtleback Golf Course, Rice Lake, Wisconsin. It's the 2022 Rice Lake Celebrity Charity Classic. It's brought to you by our friends at Link Ford and RV Center and also friends at Todd's Ready Mix. Coming up next, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larrabee, is going to join us. We'll be back right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.